This is a good sound. It is a great sound. All right. Mm-hmm. It looks like we are recording here. So, uh, yeah, welcome to the Fall In Podcast. Um, I'm Jamil Madden. I'm here with uh, Chris, Veronica, and Marlon. I'm going to stop the intro now so you can actually hear me. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so, these uh, these veterans have participated in our August Hackathon, and they built Skill Me Up. Um, so yeah, I was going to do like a round robin kind of like intro. Um, I see Chris first on my screen. Chris, do you want to kind of just briefly talk about your background and how you got into coding? Let's start there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks Jamil. So my background is kind of, uh, somewhat stereotypical for a coder. I was good at math when I was a kid. So everyone told me that it would be a natural fit. Um, but at the same time, I never really, I had other things on my radar that took a higher priority. I had an interest in aviation. I wanted to serve in the military. Um, so I just never really took programming as a serious career choice um, until after I got out. After I got out of the military, I was exploring different options. And I continued, I continued to kind of, uh, have friends who were interested in engineering and computer science and different things. But I don't know what my mental block was or my holdup was, but I just, I I wasn't super serious about it. And it was like, I think probably five to seven years after getting out of the military that a friend really got on my case about it and said, Hey man, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm a software engineer. I am doing really well for myself. And I think you should give this a try. Um, I went out on a limb and investigated boot camps and found one that I really liked in Salt Lake City uh, called V School. And uh, yeah, I, I talked to their one of their co-founders, Mo Reader, and really liked what he had to say. I met a couple of the instructors and uh, started on the pre-course, finished the course three months later with a certificate and uh that's how i that's that's how i got into coding as a professional software developer sweet yeah lots lots to unpack there um so yeah we'll circle back veronica do you want to go next with your background and how you got into coding so um hi it's me veronica so not like chris um i discovered computer science by accident (laughs) I was taking a public policy in Arizona State, and I had one math class that I was trying to avoid. I was really trying to avoid it because I'm not, I, I was bad in math growing up. Uh, it was not my strongest uh, thing ever. So it was like, um, the class is applied statistics. And so I took it. I was like, okay, should I take it by itself? Because I know I'm not going to be good at it. But to my surprise, I really love it. And I think... Um, now I understand why people like, you know, young folks like love math because the problem solving, uh, aspect of it, but I really enjoyed, um, statistics that, and then, um, so when the class was ending, my instructor was like showing us like some data visualizations, uh, using R. So I was like, what the hell is that? Like, how do you do that? You know? And he said like, um, you know, you can only always do this like 
using Python. And there's this thing called data science. So I was like, so I Googled it. I was like, what the hell is data science? So I was like, by reading and reading, data science is a segment of computer science. So, and what I did after that quarter in Arizona State, um, I took um, into through programming in uh, DVC. It's a community college here, just to see if I'm going to like it. And um, after three semesters, I took uh, intro, I took advanced, and then system design in C++. And during that time, of course, um, I was still I was still in the guard at the time. So I did six years in the guard, and then I did one year in the reserves, army. Um, uh, what was that? So I was like, yeah, I don't wanna, I don't wanna, because I'm six classes away with my public policy, and it's I'm already there, there. But I was like, I need to turn this around and start you know, like exploring, I want to, so I enrolled like in pre-calc. At first I had like a, because I didn't have like any top-notch uh, math classes in my, in my resume, in my transcript. So I have to take those. And good thing when I was like leaving in the military, Microsoft, um, they have this coding bootcamp for uh, veterans. It's called Microsoft Software and Systems Academy. They were offering it fully funded online now and I was like at the time so at the time I was working in a startup tech called uh, Grabango which is um, the software is somewhat uh, like Amazon go when shoppers go into the store and they just have to scan their phone and you know and um, I have to quit that job just to hop on on the skill bridge because the MSSA is, is a skill bridge so at first my work my my first worry is like am i eligible because i'm not i'm already like out out and since it's a skill bridge i know it's only for transitioning service member and um but they said yeah you're good just send me your 214 and stuff like that and yeah i just graduated like last july and now um so for the whole month i was like interviewing applying and luckily i landed my first role uh starting on september as a full stack software engineer. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, yeah, it looks like Chris has something to say. Feel free to unmute, Chris, whenever you want. Yeah, I just want to jump in and say congratulations, Veronica. That's huge. Thank you. Thank you. It was uh, honestly like the role that I'm doing since it's a full stack, but they want me to mainly uh, work on C-sharp.net back end since that's what Microsoft, the bootcamp that it came in. And I'm really excited. I'm really, really excited. Um, I won't mention the company name yet because I'm still interview like I'm still interviewing still <laughs> with other people. So hmm. yes, so yeah. Cool. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, congrats again, and um, I'm sure it's going to be like a fun experience shifting f uh, f from different you know language paradigms. Um, but yeah, awesome. There's uh, there's a lot to unpack there as well. Uh, but uh, let's let's dive into Marlon's background. Uh, Marlon, you want to unmute and take it away? Hey everyone. So I'm Marlon Nunez. Um, so the way I started, I kind of the way I started getting into the IT field in general. I remember I had an uncle who who's who's I believe at the time he was doing cybersecurity for his job. And then I would go over to his house and he would always show me cool stuff on the computer. Like, yeah, like you can do this and you can do that. 
And I remember specifically, I believe he was showing me Wireshark because he was basically saying like, hey, look, this will show me everything that's happening on our internet. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Good thing I don't live here. <laughs> I got to watch what, my search, what I'm searching up um, when I'm in his house. Um, so that's where it kind of started. And then I joined the military, you know, years later um, in high school as a radio tech. And, you know, at, at that point, I was always figured that I was kind of like a tech type of person. And we worked closely with the um, data Marines who were kind of like re-imaging computers and setting up our network. And I was like, oh, wow, that is really cool. And so towards the end of that, I was like, I want to start getting into that. And they had like... Um, classes we could take. Uh, they had like net plus and security plus like Marine Corps classes where you could learn about that, about it. And then if you wanted to on your own, you could go get your cert. I never went to go get my cert. I just took the class. And then once I left the Marines, I went to college for computer science. And that's when I started getting into code. And I was like, oh, okay, this is a little bit cooler. Like, it's a lot more hands on, you know, the net plus and sec plus courses was like, just memorizing a lot of like terms and like rules and things like that. But like coding was like, okay, I'm typing, I'm actually seeing something happening on the screen. And then COVID hit. And I was like, man, college during COVID is not really like what I want to do. It's like kind of stressful. Nobody really knows what they were doing at the time. I was like, I'll take a break. And then I saw a cybersecurity bootcamp, went through that, you know, kind of the same thing. I got some certs out of it. Um, and I was like, okay, you know, it's still kind of the same thing. I still have that feeling where it's like, yeah, this is very term heavy, a lot of very book heavy, just memorizing a lot of terms and rules. And then a couple, I like, I was trying to get a job after that. Maybe I wasn't applying to the right places or anything, but I wasn't getting anything. Um, and then finally my, my friend, I hit him up and we're, you know, just talking. And then he was tell telling me like, yeah, I'm doing a coding bootcamp. It's like, super cool. I'm learning this, I'm learning HTML and like how to build websites. So I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. I think that would be like really cool to add on to my skill set. And so he told me about it and it was ended up being a, a bootcamp for Sabio in, in Los Angeles. And I went through that um, and finished last week. And um, yeah, I, the whole time I was going through it, I, you know, I had some background knowledge coming from, from college and stuff. And like, the more I did it, the more I just really got really into it. It was like we were learning at the same time, but also coding at the same time. It wasn't like I was just hitting books for a week and then like, you know, maybe next month we'll get some hands on experience. Like, no, we were learning and getting experience at the same time. And like that felt a little bit better with me. And so I really enjoyed it. And then, yeah, so I finished that. And then now I'm just looking for jobs and I have uh, two second round interviews coming up. Um, I think I'm feeling pretty good about them. They seem to like me and my experience. So, you know, hopefully I'll get some offers my way. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty that's sweet. Good job, Marlon. Yeah, man. Yeah. Getting like hit up, like, like, uh, from getting graduated from a coding bootcamp so soon is like pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I'm curious. You, you didn't want to go <laughs> drill instructor route when you got out. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was something that i always thought like oh my man it would be cool it would be so cool but for like a week because then like the drill instructor training itself it's almost like going through boot camp all over again i was like i don't know if i want to do that and then i feel like that's 
probably the easiest part is the training because then you have to do that on a daily basis to train, you know, well, recruits. Uh, and man, when I first went to boot camp, I just remember being like, man, these dudes don't sleep. They don't eat. Like what? It wasn't until like a month later. I was like, oh, okay, they are human. <laughs> you know, it's a hard job. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Chris, I was curious, what caught your eye um, about the hackathon? Well, a couple of things, you know, primarily, obviously, you know, you and I have have kind of connected a couple of times about Fall In and what you're working on and your your involvement, like bringing veterans in to do these kind of things. And I've wanted to participate for a while. And uh, so so a little more to add to my background, I've actually been out of development for a little bit um, going on about 11, 12 months. So about a year I've been working on other things and, uh, I've, I've gotten the itch again. I, I've, I've gotten the itch to get back to programming. And as Marlon was talking, I, I couldn't help but relate to this like idea that when you're programming, especially develop like development that involves front end development, you're typing and you're seeing, right? Like you're typing and seeing what you're building. And that's really exciting. So I just wanted to start building things again. And when I saw the invite or the announcement for this most recent hackathon with Fall In, I got pretty excited about it. So I had to do it. Can I, can I say something real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. So you guys said like the front end, like you type something, you build something, you see it right away. And I think my, my, my experience uh, overall, but which is what I like is, um, like what like during our hackathon i was like oh my god html css javascript i was like that is that is my weakest but like with back end like with c sharp and c++ it's like you type something there's a bug and then you hit your head and <laughs> and do it again you know <laughs> cuz we got like like um it's hard like it, compared to front end it's harder to like see ooh, what's going on with your code but yeah, but I was really, it's really a, like. Mm-hmm. It, it's a different beast, isn't it? Yeah, but I was like really like uh, intimidated uh, during our hackathon because like the front end is not me. That's why I was like, yeah, I made some form. I was like, that's good. Um, how did how did you, uh, or I guess what caught your eye about it? So um, so a couple of weeks ago, or maybe three weeks, maybe last month. I'm not sure. Uh, I attended the Uber Boost Academy like info session, and Cynthia was there from Operation Code, and um, I was like, "Oh, um, I don't know what this is." So I joined their Slack, and I actually saw the hackathon through through Operation Code channel, and I just joined it because I have I haven't tried a hackathon before, and in my cohort we didn't really work on groups. It's always like individual products, so I wanna try or i want to be in a group and work something you know yeah that's what really caught me for sure yes uh marlon same question what uh what do you think it was that caught your eye about it uh well so it was um it was dropped in the chat um um in the sabio chat where we had in slack and people post, you know, opportunities, you know, stuff like um, like hack- hackathon all the time. And then I just uh, figured, like you said, you know, you're kind of surprised that coming from a boot camp that I'm getting a job so quick. But at the same time, it's like 
I know I'm coming from a boot camp and I don't have like a lot of, ex- I guess, you know, physical ex- hands-on experience. So I just figured out, okay, I need to start building almost like a portfolio. Like, okay, I did this, you know, and then I built this and I built that. That Yeah. So that's basically but I, I will caught my eye for it. Very cool. Um, so yeah, I want to tie back to the military stuff again. I'm curious, Chris, why did you decide to get out of the, the Marine Corps? Yeah, great question. That's almost like a trick question. Um, it was like, uh, like me and the Marine Corps broke up. Like I wanted to keep dating and she was like, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I want to see other people. And, uh, so, so, um, <laughs> so I took my, uh, discharge and I, you know, I, um, it, it, for the record, it was an honorable discharge. So, you know, okay. it, <laughs> if anyone's checking out there, there were no like felonies on my record or anything crazy, but, um, no, I just, I, I always pictured myself doing a Can full, you imagine like, if a tech company <laughs> asked, they're like, hold up, hold up. What sort yeah. of discharge is it? <laughs> no, 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 no. Really what it boiled down to was that we're headed in different directions and uh, we got along great, but um, we, we were just different people than when we first got together, you know? And so, um, yeah, that's that's what precipitated the end of that relationship. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, everyone can relate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, but I love the military, like, and I'm super glad I did it. it. When people ask me about it, I, I have a hard time summarizing, you know, I'm sure you guys can relate. Like there are so many different experiences you could go through on any given day in the military. And so to summarize that when a, a civilian asks, how was that? Or what was that like? You know, it can be kind of challenging. But overall, I'd say it was one of the best things I ever did with my life. Yeah. What about you, Veronica? What made you decide to get out? <clears throat> so a lot of people's perception, like if you're a part-timer, like the guard or reserves, is easy. It's actually, I feel like it's my opinion, actually like harder because I have to maintain a, a paying job to like sustain my, my life. Plus I have to like um, still be a soldier <clears throat> and then be a student at the same time and here I'm, I'm in California and you know how wildfire is here I'm always busy like the guard is like hands down like it's we're just like busy out here and it came to a point that um because I, I really thought that I was going to do 20 because it, it like when I joined I joined like 2013 I can't even remember like how I was at that at that time but I really like thought like 20 years I can do this because it's only part-time but <clears throat> it takes so much of my um it, it, it's it's a big responsibility and um yeah um it's just time for me to move on and enjoy the civilian life and for sure. I'm really I'm really grateful I I even I went back because I was in IIR and the research were like, yeah, we have a new signal unit, yada, yada. And I want to give it a chance. It's it's like night and day, the difference of uh, maybe because it's uh, the leadership and lifestyle, but um, the reserves is a good, like if that was my first unit, maybe I'll re-enlist it. But it's just um, time for me to go. Cool. And you guys, yeah, feel free to unmute and um, dissect whenever you guys want. 
Um, and feel free to ask each other questions myself. Um, but yeah, uh, Marlon, what made you get out? Uh, so kind of Chris hit it on the head. Honestly, that's, that's really like the best description I could give. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, like I said, I was in radio tech. Um, it was more, more like troubleshooting electronics. And that's kind of like, I was like, at that point, at the, I was just like, no, this isn't really a, what I want to do. And there's just like so many steps to, to try uh, to transition into a different job and things like that. And then at the same time, like, I just didn't agree with how like my yet last unit was doing thin things. And so I was just like, you know what, maybe, maybe it is just time to, to move on. And then, you know, I can figure out what I really want to do and not really have those type of restrictions. Um, like I said, yeah. <laughs> I left with a really bad taste in my mouth. Like if you asked me like probably like right. a year within, I, since I got out, I was like, man, I would have been like, fuck them. Like whatever this and that. <laughs> yeah. But man, now I look back on it, I'm like, I had, I've gotten so many benefits from benefits from it. I've learned so much from it. Like the the main reason why I learned about this boot camp is because I was is because of a dude I used to work with in the Marines. Like we were super close. Like if it wasn't for that, maybe I would have never gotten to that boot camp. You make those connections. Like there's just so many, I would say, hidden benefits that you don't see at the moment um, when you're in. You know and yeah now yeah. I, now i would tell you like yeah i it's like chris said it's one of like the best decisions i've made in my life because i'm it's given me so many so many opportunities during and then even after i'm out so yeah, yeah. i have a love-hate relationship with it myself chris you're gonna say something yeah no i i think marlon and i are, have pretty similar stories i think we were both in the marine corps right yeah so um, but also I had a question for Veronica, if that's okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, during like when Jamil was asking you, uh, about, you know, what caught your eye about the hackathon, you mentioned mm -hmm. something to do with like being in a group, working on a project in a group mm -hmm. that, to that totally resonated with me. Um, and so I guess for Veronica, but also Marlon and Jamil, like uh, hackathons in general, and this one that we just did. I'm curious what were like your one or two biggest takeaways from the hackathon and things that, you know, you really gained from it. Um, for me, my biggest takeaway is, uh, first of all, like working with strangers, like we never met before. And um, I remember on my first day of hackathon, I don't even know how to move. And I'm not a gamer, like really, you know, just working with strangers and, uh, on the learning side, on technical side, get like that was like super, super like I wrote down everything that I can because I learned a lot from that. And um, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for you guys because we without that, I'll probably like YouTube it all the way. You know. I know we had a lot of workshops and speakers. Um, were there any that like stuck out to you guys? There was like a wide variety of them. Yeah, for me, for me, I mean, I enjoyed listening to all the speakers I was able to, who, whose talks I was able to attend. But the one that like really wowed me and blew me away was our keynote speaker, Barbara Oakley, Dr. Oakley. Same, same. Cool. Um, yeah, anyone else? Um, my biggest like uh, takeaway from her is just like she really went 
in deep on like because um, not a lot of a lot of people like that like switching careers or like transitioning um they just they don't think that they can because they don't know if they can still learn like it's just like learning how to learn yeah and i'm older um compared to uh most of the people i work with but like i always say like if you want something but you don't have an experience or you don't know how to start it it's just basically like computer science like i never thought that i would really like math or or uh technical aspects of it but it's just like teaching yourself how to learn things and that was my biggest like, takeaway yeah that how to learn was awesome yeah i think i agree i, I was just having a conversation with uh my sister and my mom they were basically talking about how like you know once you get older you 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 lose that ability to learn and you know i feel like she was kind of talking about how you really only lose that ability to learn because it's like a lot of people after you know school or college they don't really like they just do like what they learn to do and they just do like everyday things and then you know maybe they won't take the time to learn like a new skill you know be it like maybe they don't have time or whatever the the case is but you you know it's like a muscle like a you know you got to work it out you got to keep mm-hmm. keep t- um learning how to learn and you know i i feel like you know i personally feel like it, anybody can learn anything just mm-hmm. it's just learning how how you individually as a person can learn the easiest way because even going through Sabio, I feel like I was learning at a different in in a different manner than other people. Like, like I would say, like I could put in like a good hour of work, and then I would need probably a little bit more more of a break than most people do. Like, I would probably take like another hour to take a break, but then once I hit, hit that next hour, I'm like gonna like probably make up for all that time that I just used, you know, because I had that. And then also, I also felt like. Um, uh akshay nanavanti uh he wrote um fearvana that was probably like a good mix it was a little bit of like you know you gotta you know train your brain a little bit but then he was like yeah sometimes you gotta push yourself to the limit and like push past that limit once you know like the fear factor comes in and all that really good speakers you know i thought it was a good mix sweet how do you guys feel about like the networking opportunities? I feel like, you know, someone someone started that thread with like LinkedIn handles and LinkedIn mm-hmm. links. I love Vital, that. Yeah. What do you guys think yeah. of that? It's good. Like I once I saw it, I just dropped my um link, my my LinkedIn. Yeah, networking is all like all it's always premium because you just never know um who you're gonna connect with and Like I met John Dang, one of the judges years ago, like before, you know, we met through Operation Code before Operation Code was a Slack channel. Mm -hmm. We were doing like physical stuff. Um, And that's how I met him. We went through like a GitHub, uh, like a three day uh, conference. And um, yeah, he just like recently dropped out of Harvard and like Harvard Law and he was doing a shift into coding and um, he just had a really interesting background. but yeah um i guess like what um um uh what podcasts are you guys listening to these days 
Um, I'm listening. You know the Code newbie. Yeah, yeah, big fan yeah, of Code so Yeah, so yeah. I'm not consistent right now because um, I've been really busy. But uh, whenever like I have like downtime, I sleep. I take a nap. But I've been uh, listening to that and a lot of about uh, oh my god, what is that greatness? Let me just look at it. Um, happiness, greatness. Um, oops. Oh, and then there, there's a new one. Um, Don, the developer. I started following him. But uh, yeah, those just those. I don't have a lot of uh, podcasts at the moment. Very cool. Yeah, there's so many out there. I think you were talking about the School of Greatness, maybe? School of Greatness, yes. Sorry. Yeah. 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 He's been at it for a while. Um, very cool. Um, yeah, I guess like... Uh, I guess this is so random, but like, does, do you guys have like, I, I, I really like uh, Lex Friedman. He's a tech podcast guy. Um, yeah. He's like, um, he does like podcasts ranging from like AI to like autonomy cars. He's done like all kinds of really cool videos on like working with like autonomous vehicles. And, um, he, he goes into like geopolitics stuff and, Really interesting guy. And at the end, he always asks a question like, what do you think is the meaning of life? So um, to, I guess, make this podcast a little bit, you know, spicy. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, what do you think is the meaning of life? I mean, is there really just one meaning? Uh, for me, I would say it has a lot to do with learning, growth, joy, and service. Nicely said. What about you, Veronica? I think the meaning of life, um, like I was saying, uh, I was talking to them earlier before we started. Uh, I think the biggest total meaning of life is just like, what's your impact? What's going to be your impact when you leave? Like, what do you leave to others? You know, um, like I was, I was telling them earlier before we started, like, because we were talking about like your 10 year plan or your 10 year goal. And I was like, maybe on my 20, 20th year or, ooh, um, I really wanted to have like, um, coding bootcamp or STEM kind of like nonprofit, but focuses on juvies. I really want to having a, having a background in public policy. So before public policy, I was a criminal justice major. So, but having all this background, um, I want to take whatever I have, my skill in tech to give back to my community. I really want to focus on juveniles because like um, I wrote a paper way back about recidivism and, you know, like most kids, most juvies, they just stay like that until they go to their adulthood. And I feel like they will benefit the most changing their lives um learning some stem skills very cool um yeah marlon do you have one um so (laughs) i think it's a funny question i'm 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 only like 27 so um from from the short experience that i've had so far i would just say i think um you know it's just about learning and growing, you know, improving yourself in any way you think benefits yourself, but at the same time, 
you know, you know, you want to, you want to pass on that like type of positivity of growing and learning to other people at the same time. So um, it's, I would say it's that, and then just about like, you know, loving one, each other, one another and like respecting each other and, you know, overcoming the challenges that get in the way of doing those things. I, I would say that that sums it up for me. Very cool. Um, yeah, as we wrap things up here, I'm curious, I want to bring it back to the space of technology. Um, what, um, what are you guys most, I guess, um, excited about when it comes to the future of technology? Um, I know it's a pretty broad question. I don't want to leave it short term, you know, feel free to explore long term, but yeah, I'm um, I'm super excited personally about the you know the space of technology. When I was in the Marine Corps, I would always like because I was an infantry guy. I would always make fun of people sitting behind a computer all day. I was one of those young guys had like a fixed mindset instead of a growth mindset. I think that's common for younger folks, um, young Americans, totally normal. But um, but yeah, as like you know, um, I got out and I developed myself further, realizing okay, I can think of different sort of fields and careers and technology was always there growing up, just changing like iteratively slowly. And, um, now I realize it's like people just are chipping away at it, working hard at trying to iterate this, uh, space of technology. Um, and it's really cool. It allowed us to like do what we did over this metaverse platform. Um, you know, I, thought it was a lot more exciting than doing it over like Google meets or zoom or something. Um, <laughs> I feel like that would have been really, really dry. Um, and so I think, yeah, like coding and tech needs to be marketed towards veterans and like even hopefully active duty. If I could like puncture that bubble, cause like a lot of the stuff that I was being marketed to, like a lot of the Mickey mouse institutions and stuff. Um, I could have just started earlier. I think, you know, um, like people are using like, you know, social media apps, Snapchat and, you know, TikTok and Instagram, you know, that'd be really cool if these companies like showed up at the grinder deck one day or like even at the taps classes, like, um, you know, you guys are already seems like fans of our product. Here's like how to, um, I don't know, here's how to step into it sort of stuff. But yeah, um, what are you guys most excited about when it comes to the future of technology? I think I think I'm well. Fallen is a super great example. I remember coming in there and I was like, "Whoa, this a virtual hackathon!" It had like the the projector screen up, the little stadium for everyone to kind of sit in and just watch the speaker. Like VR is gonna be like I think it's like it's like the ne- the next big wave. You know, it's almost it's almost gonna be like a like a ready player one type of thing. Hopefully it's not as, as, as gruesome as it is in that movie. But, you know, I, I think it's heading towards that way. And then there's like a bunch of other things too. Technology can do. Like I, I follow Elon Musk a lot and then he has his, um, man, I, I can't think of the name right now, but it's like the chip. Neuralink. Neuralink. Like that is just crazy. Like, there's just so many possibilities yeah. for technology and like super the last thing exciting. I heard about that is like he had um like a a monkey play a game ping pong or a 
Pong with his mind. I think I, w- I want to say I heard about that, but yeah. Yeah. Which is insane. <laughs> I can't yeah, imagine like the coding required to do that. It's like going to um, help us like – it's because that that's like – you could say like, oh, it's just a chip. But like that chip is like deciphering like what our brain is doing because obviously, you know, it needs to know what it's our brain is doing to allow us to do whatever – allow a monkey to play ping pong with his mind. Like it's not just – about inserting the chip it's like learning everything about us as human beings at the same time i think yeah veronica do you have one so i think for me i'm a huge fan and i would like in the future i would like to be a robotics engineer but um i'm more excited about like autonomous vehicle like a vehicle or uh, autonomous um planes or um there's a lot here um like for example, I know Bushell and X Moonshot. I believe that's their name. They're uh, creating some machines that will. It's for agriculture that will determine if your crop is this or you know when is the right time. They like the machine will learn the soil for you. Like when is the right time to plant this or whatnot. Is there a pest in my um, farm? Something like that. But. It's just like uh, machine and machine learning and computer vision, everything like in that area. Like, have that. you uh, been inside an autonomous car? Uh, autonomous car that I know of is like Zooks in Euro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's the only one that I know so far. Or Tesla yeah. and then Tesla. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's such an insane feeling. To like sit inside and I haven't, I haven't, yeah, have it, yeah, do it. Um, but yeah, Chris, do you have an example of uh, what's exciting for you? Yeah, absolutely. So, we're, this is like by far the most uh, interesting and challenging question that I think I have in regards to te- technology is you know, what is the future of technology? What does the world look like with technology moving forward? And uh, really, I'm a strong believer in like a passive, I'm sorry, not passive, the opposite, um, a really proactive approach to this question. I think that the future of technology will be whatever we make it. You know, it's it's up to each of us, um, both with hands on what we build, but also for those people who either don't feel like they have the skills or don't have an interest in being hands-on with technology, they still have a part to play, you know, and and they the old saying I think that people used to always say was vote with your dollar, right? So what you spend money on determines what there will be more of and where you put your support. But it goes past that, you know, like these days we have to vote with our attention. When you log on to any free platform, especially like social media, what you spend time scrolling through is what the algorithm is going to be fed more and more of that's what they're going to think more and more people want so you have to vote with your dollar you have to vote with your attention you have to vote with your clicks and your downloads right so like these the biggest companies these days and and you know what i i think all companies are really tracking metrics like what is what are people paying attention to what are people putting their eyes on and what are people downloading and so whether you're building something or whether you're just a participant like or an observer of technology and and the building of future, you have to pay attention to these things and and kind of keep an eye on what your 
uh, I guess, either actively or passively contributing toward? And is that the future? Ask, asking yourself, is that the future that you want with technology? Um, yeah, as we wrap things up here, I had one question left here. Um, you know, I'm always thinking about, you know, different products and services that um, can be available to the military veteran space. You know, obviously in the civilian sector, there's numerous like either scooters, there's like, you know, all kinds of stuff to food delivery companies, but, you know, back on base and even for veterans, I'm, I'm just always thinking of different products and services. And one thing that was kind of like, you know, like jogging through my mind a little bit was uh, the idea of reunions. And it's so tough to get that set up. And if there was like an Airbnb for unions, that would be really nice, you know, had like a price meter and AI that generates where to go based on everyone's, based on the platoons, like, ge like geolocations. Um, yeah, curious, what, what do you guys think of like that? And, um, do you guys think there should be more products and services towards, towards the, this audience, this towards this, um, group of people? I think definitely, um, like, like if we're talking about like military training, there's this thing, I don't know if the Marine Corps uses this, but the army uses miles, you know, the miles gear. No, uh, so I don't know that. how to explain it, but like Miles Gear is like you wear, uh, you wear it in your Kevlar, you wear it in your uh, vest, and if you're training like for shooting, oh my god, I forgot. But like, I feel like the military can can afford more like techie stuff for for their personnel for training. Um, I know uh, we burn a lot of ammo. But there's, you know, they can, they can like do more. I feel like, especially like in the mental health, uh, maybe mm. in that area. Yeah. Health. I don't, yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to talk about it too much about the, my old unit, but yeah, like maybe something about mental health. I agree. Interesting. Yeah. Do you have a Marlin? Um, well, maybe, so I thought, I actually thought about this, um, when we were building our project for education. And then I think the idea came up where, where, so the, the, the idea was for when you pick the school or training program or whatever, it will show you how many veterans are in that program. And then I was thinking maybe, is there like a way to con contact those specific veterans um in general so maybe like maybe like when when you join the military it could be almost like a social media app but just for like people in the military so like once you get out you can have like i guess that just that that kind of a support support area support. where like maybe one day you, you know of course you know you lose pe you lose touch with people you serve in all the time even though you might have been like the best of friends while you guys are working together you know we go our different places we lose touch it happens all the time but you know like it's always like a great time when you're just like maybe that one time you decide to hit them up but you don't whatever you don't know the instagram you don't know their facebook but like you created this account in I would maybe it's a government website, whether it's whatever, just you created this account. So, you know, you'll find that person you were serving with in that 
area and then you could just shoot them a text like hey what's up it's been a while like you know just a little bit easier for you to contact the people you used to serve with something like that interesting yeah like like um there's certain degrees to connections so maybe like start you know like a little bit like go from like cool to warm um and warm would i guess i guess would be like meeting up in person yeah very cool stuff um any other remarks or input um, from you guys? Anything that we can do better um, that you guys notice that, um, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think fall in as a whole, uh, we don't see much of it. So maybe in that sense, like uh, more like LinkedIn exposure or social media, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to expose this to everyone. <laughs> um, I can I mean, I don't know of any company that's doing like hackathons online in, in the space that we're doing it. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, I would. My my big thing is really not so much a criticism, just like, hey, let's do more of uh, let's do more of these hackathons. And one of my favorite things was the uh, the speakers. So if if we can get more speakers uh you know like who are similar to dr oakley and you know the gentleman who wrote firvana and the other speakers we had i i think that that really made for a standout hackathon sweet on that uh note i will end the podcast let me do the outro music i don't (laughs) do we need one (laughs) yeah thanks again everyone for uh listening um, stay tuned for future events at fallin.today or Google Vets Hackathon. We show up at the very top. Thank you.